and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Step Up All In, directed by Trish C and released in 2014. The plot of Step Up All In, such as it (laughs) can be described, is all stars from the previous Step Up installments come together in glittering Las Vegas. That's why it's called All In, get it? Battling for a victory that could define their dreams and their careers. Yeah, I mean, what there's, there's not. It's, it's a, it's a loose excuse for a bunch of dance scenes. It's a loose excuse for a bunch of dance battles. Yes, there are a few dance battles. There are a couple of. There's one or two dance scenes that aren't battles. Yeah, uh, so I'm the step up expert, and Katie on dragged the panel. me along to this on the panel. <laughs> Yeah, so Katie took me along to this, and I've never. This is my first step up movie. This is my fifth step up movie since it's the fifth step up movie in the canon, and I have seen all of the previous ones. And the week this movie comes out, I'm going to be on a beach somewhere in Bali, so I agreed to see it. Yep, and so um, and I'm kind of glad I did. I had like nearly as much fun as I had watching Birdemic, and more fun than I had watching Sharknado. Yeah, I mean, it isn't. It's it's one of those ones where it isn't good, but I'd rather see this like three times than watch Boyhood again. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I know it isn't good, but oh, this is your palate cleanser. <laughs> this is my palate cleanser. This is like for me, this is so much fun because it's like I, I don't care about the terrible acting. Oh, like or the, terrible or the incredibly boring plot. All I care about is getting to see good dancing, and there's such good dancing in the Step Up movies. Yeah, um, you get to see some really really good people do really good dancing. Oh, and, um, the, and the and the terrible plot, like. There's only one bit of the plot that's really offensive. The rest of it is just bland. That's all that's wrong with it. It's not bad. It's just boring. The, except from, for one particularly offensive little subplot. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the Violet and Chad one, isn't it? Is that her name? The New Zealand girl and the um the Latino instructor. Yes. Cliche. Yeah. They were disgusting. That was awful. Well, she, she was fine he, up he until was the end disgusting, of it. He and was... then she, for some reason falls for him even though he's revolting to her yes it's awful um and he is revolting in general and also the second worst actor in the movie in a way that's really different (laughs) to the worst actor in the movie as well so it was so enjoyable to watch them act together you know and actually like being the second worst actor in this that's quite an achievement to be the worst actor in this movie because there's some bad performances not just from our lead who's you know the worst and this guy chad who's the second worst well they're so but they're so bad in such different ways so the lead uh ryan guzman yeah plays sean Yep. Is um kind of like if Jensen Ackles and Channing Tatum had a baby who couldn't act, that would be this guy. He's appalling. Like he is really, really cardboard wooden. Like there's all of these scenes where he's supposed to react to something <laughs> or give like a big motivational speech. <laughs> yeah. And he's terrible Aww. at both of those things. But especially every reaction shot is him making the same slightly confused, slightly constipated face. <laughs> <laughs> Where his brows draw together slightly. Well, m- mind you, though, Andy, the lead girl, does a lot of eyebrow acting too. She does do a lot of eyebrow acting. But but she's also- better than him. She has a little bit more charisma than him. He's yeah, like yeah. He's like a personality vortex where personality goes to die. A bit like the, um, what's her name? The host of the, it's got two X's in her name, the host of the dance battle show. Alexa Vega. Alexa Vega. Oh, no. Her last name ended in O, so maybe, didn't it? I don't remember. Alexa uh, Vega, I think, is what it is. Yeah, no, I think you're right. She's a, um, she's a bit of a I personality vortex, but I but she's kind of awesome. I actually there are some 
bits that made me realize that that was actually a really good performance and not a terrible <laughs> performance. At first you think it's a terrible performance and then you get to Vegas and you see her off camera and it's like you realize it's an awesome performance. Um, I think that that might be the model Isabella Miko. But let's just yes, find out. Yes, correct. You yeah. are correct. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, this movie is kind of like getting to watch a really cool So You Think You Can Dance reunion show. Um, right. I have watched nearly every season of So You Think You Can Dance. I'm quite a big fan of it. And there's a lot of So You Think You Can Dance alumni in this movie, um, including people who didn't actually make it through to the main show but were in the in the uh, auditions and stuff. Um, one of the best ones of them is is called Yaya. Yeah. And she, in this movie, plays a robot, like, well, somebody who does robot dancing, but like the two, that, so there's Vlad the robot, who's quite, actually, a, quite a famous Is dancer. He, um, oh, okay. he works with Christopher Scott. That Christopher Scott has a dance troupe. So Christopher Scott is a <laughs> choreographer. Okay, um, thank you. Who is also in this movie. Oh, right. I told yeah. you about him. Yes. Um, yes he, and he's you a know brilliant. I'm not going to remember any of their names, so I'm going to have to look them all up. So when you yeah. refer to them by their character names, I don't know who they are. Or I their don't know what name. Christopher Scott's character name was, but Christopher Scott no, he's, is a he's very like the famous. handsome white man yes. as the group. He's a very famous, very talented hip hop choreographer, and he has a, um, a dance troupe who I think are called the League of Extraordinary Dancers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, LXD. League of Extraordinary Dancers, uh, and uh, they do, and Vlad the Robot is one of those guys. Okay. Um, so I've seen right. quite a few things with him. And uh, and in this one, Vlad and Yaya, they do this little robot love story where they fall in love, but they do it all in robot dance moves. It's really right. cute. Okay. I liked that. Um, yeah, I really liked her. She And th- that little love story was gorgeous. Yes. I, I don't know why I liked her. She, her face looked familiar. I don't know why. She's very good. She's very good yeah. at doing what she does. And so we got that. Um, everybody in this is a really good dancer. So you get some like, and then they do some really good, you get like little individual moments. So you get to see what everybody does by themselves. Right. And then they do like um, dance troupe things. So you get to see everybody working together. And there were some good ones. But for me, the best movie in the series in terms of the dancing is uh, Step Up 3. Um, Step Up 3D has a number of really, really great dance scenes. There's one in a toy in a toilet's. It's oh. really, really good, like in a, you know, a public toilets area. And the one that I showed Melissa just before this started, which is one um, that the two, um, the, the, there's one guy who's in all of the movies. His name is in the movies is Moose and yep. uh, the actor's called Adam Savani. Um, and he is sort of the he emotional and, anchor. For yeah, he and his girlfriend, love interest, are in right, so, all of them. No. Um, no, she's not. Alison Stoner is only in one, three, and five. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so like Harry Potter, the odd-numbered ones are the good ones, apparently. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so she's in one, three, and five, and three has a dance between the two of them to the song I Won't Dance, and it's kind of a mix of like traditional sort of musicals. It with looks like something hip-hop. out of a Gene Kelly movie, which is um, why Katie loves it. And it's all in, done in one great tracking shot. Well, yeah, one, one take, take. Down a street with props. Very... It's a really it's impressive piece of dancing. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. So this is what you watch these movies for is the great dance scenes, yeah. not for the plot or the acting. Nor the writing. Or the writing. The writing was so but bad. But some of the dance scenes, like the um that video that they did, which they shot in the um the for, for plot convenience's sake, Moose is working as an engineer during That's the day. That's not true. Moose was become became an engineer at the end of the last movie. Right. So for <laughs> 
well, yeah. So, the, I mean, that's actually a, well, it kind of says something important about the creative arts and what it's like to be a creative and how you sometimes have to actually work a day job anyway. So, he's working as an engineer at this science place. It's not very clear as to what kind of place it is, but, you know, they, he pulls levers and wears a lab coat and, and a safety hat. Anyway, so they go in after hours and shoot this video, which is kind of a Frankenstein, uh, a little, it's got mad a little, scientist. mad scientist, got a bit of thriller in there. It's amazing. And the set is fantastic. And the way it's shot is amazing. And everyone is just like on point for this scene, which is just a really big high point of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrific. Like, yeah. Really, the dance really scenes are really good. Um, um, particularly that one, but yeah. Just to let you guys know a little bit of background about the moose story. Which is actually we, we we it actually plays out really well. So basically, Moose was a dancer, and he's always had this kind of um, been trying to balance the fact that he is a dancer, but he wants to. Um, he's he's one that settled down. He has this girlfriend. He wants he, to live a nice, happy middle class life, right? Yeah. And I think that plays into. He's got these lovely Eastern European grandparents who play in this movie. Are they in other movies? I don't know. I don't remember them being they in run, any other movies. They're like really hardworking immigrant grandparents, and they they run a dance studio, and they have danced since they were you know really small, and they've always worked hard. And so he's got this real immigrant work ethic thing going on as well. This kind of desire for a nice middle class life. I thought that was really. I really like that story too. Yeah, and it's played Can out to that. It's one that's actually played out through all the movies. Right. This one is actually sort of he's always conflicted between doing the dance thing and having this settled normal life and it's comp- uh, mo- made more complicated by the fact that the Alison Stoner her character's called Camille is his high school co- college love interest, right? Aww. And so they've kind of been at that kind of push and pull, do we want to stay together but they always liked each other sort of a thing. So it's actually like as in terms of an emotional kind of arc and and emotional anchor for the all of the movies, he works really well, mm. and he's also a very talented dancer, so it works great. Yeah, yeah, it's they they were lovely. I liked yeah. them. They're both quite talented. They were my dancers. yeah. They are really good, and sadly, we don't only get to see her dance at the end. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't get a scene like the I won't dance scene in this mm, one. That was a little bit sad. I would have liked that. It was only a short movie. They could have fit one in. One of the frustrating things about watching this entire series is that the leads are always bland and everything else is always great. Right. And it's hard because you're like, I mean, I love watching all the dancing, but like the leads are always like right. they were in this I movie. I quite liked Andy though. I quite liked her. She was kind of okay. Yeah, but you don't care about the romantic storyline. Oh, no. I, I was like, you could do better than him, honey. You really He's can. He's a jerk. He was such a jerk in this movie. Yeah. He, like, And there's a whole thing. Like, He's trying to push her to a limit she's not willing to go to. And he's meh. and it's, yeah, anyway. But also, like, everybody, you, you don't get any sense of what he's like from him. You only get it from everybody else's reactions to him. Right. Because <laughs> he can't act to, out of a, yeah, his way out I of just, a paper bag. I, I just like, felt like she could do better than him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but I quite liked her, nonetheless. Um, she was all right. Yeah. Like I she mean, was, yeah. I mean, Camille. I liked. I really liked. He's not even the best dancer. No. Really. I well, but that's not the point, is it? It's the the leader thing. It's not the dancing. But he's not a good leader. Right. He's not a good uh-huh. anything. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for. Um, there's a um one dancer called Twitch who's in this movie who was um runner up I think in his season of So You Think You Can Dance and he's a favorite. I mean, he's right. very good. Who did he play? Uh, he he was the big black guy in the mob. Oh right, yeah, cool. Yep. So um, he's a f- fantastic dancer, really, really top-notch dancer. Right. Um, but he's also a very generous dancer and sort of lets other people shine 
yeah, when yeah. he's dancing with them. Like he's he's very good in the troop moments because mm. he will support other people, which is kind of interesting because when I was watching not the mob, the Grim Knights, who were the kind of major rivals. Yeah, so yeah. there's three major groups in this one. There's our original crew is called the mob, which is the original crew that Sean is part of. And then he, they all decide to leave Los Angeles because they're not doing well and he decides to stay. Which, by the way, I didn't think of as so much of a betrayal as just a difference of opinion. Well, that's the whole, the whole point of this movie was all about what it's like to be a creative person. So it do, you don't have to be a dancer. You could be a writer or a person who makes films or a musician. All of this applies to what it's like to try and make it in the creative arts, right? Particularly at this time when it's so hard to make money as a creative because there's so many of us doing it for free. Yeah. Because it's too hard to make money as a creative type. So we all go and become engineers and also like have our podcasts on the side. Like it's really relatable. Yeah. But also I think there's an element in that's particular to dancing in the that family troop thing that's going on in this yeah, movie. Yep. So like the mob is kind of his all his friends, but then they leave, he stays. So then he gets a new crew together to put put together to go and do this Las Vegas thing. Right. Which is where Moose comes in and he gets all the guys from the other movies previous to together. the fourth one because the fourth right. one was when we were introduced to this Miami group okay. so that's when Twitch and all those guys came in and there's another one in that group that's from so oh uh Philip Chabib um who is the like liquid limbed guy that comes out of the suitcase yeah 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 um he's also a so you think you can dance guy um and then so that's those guys and then um then Sean puts together a new crew with the help of Moose called Elementrix yeah because they're like sciencey based and so that's where you get Moose and um and the guys from the old movies like Jenny Keto and and the Violet who's the Kiwi girl um and all right yeah yeah that was really confusing I was I was all f- a fan of her until she opened her mouth and I'm like what and then I realized she was a New Zealander and then I got who's been to it. living in America for a long time right so her, her accent kind of- was really weird but then I, when I when I sort of went oh right the Kiwi girl <laughs> then yeah. that was okay. And I really liked her because she's like she she wasn't a super thin girl dancer, so she was like maybe a size twelve or something, which is you know big for a dancer. And she was she had this cool shaved head, but then like purple hair and stuff. I really liked her. Well, I think that Step Up is actually quite good on the female dancer. It's really front. good on the diversity front too. Yeah, it is. Um, apart from the leads, it's really good on those fronts. Um, but the leads, um, Hispanic, right? I think he is. I think Ryan's last name is is Guzman. So he's no, but at one point he also speaks in Spanish to someone. Yeah. So I don't think he's passing either. Okay. Right. I think that was meant to highlight the fact that he is. Mm. um, That's right. Probably something like that. So like diversity wise, they're really good. Yeah, but bland as in the leads. Um, Yeah, yeah. So then you get the the Elementrix crew, which is people from the previous films like Jenny Keto, the twins as well. We're in all Mm. of the movies that I can remember. Vlad is in all the movies I can remember. And then we also get Christopher Scott, who's the great um, choreographer. Choreographer. And then we get Cyrus, who is a winner of So You Think You Can Dance. And that's the guy with the mohawk and the big things in his ears. Oh, right, that guy. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is fantastic at doing the locking, like, popping lock stuff. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't see it was. I didn't actually notice he was in the crew until they shot the video. Mm. 
He yeah, he didn't really get a lot of screen time. So I think you get a little bit of an idea of what he can do in some of the bits, but you know, that's what all of them are like really. I think if you're a fan, there's a heck of a lot in there about seeing your favorites do their thing. Yes, which is one of the reasons mm. why I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But if you're more of like a generic dance fan coming along, it might be different. Plus they get to see all these different kind of dance styles and yeah. everybody's got their own little This like, was very hip hop heavy though. Yes, it was. So there's a lot of different dance styles within hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um you get like the kind of more fluid stuff and then the locking stuff and like the there's a lot of stuff different and, robot yeah. stuff and what comfort does so then you get the main bad guys right right who are like rigging contests and knows everybody and i don't know who the lead guy from that is but then in within his group they're called the grim knights and you get two more so you think you can dance people comfort mm. who was the main girl in that group who oh, did okay. some really good stuff in the movie like she has a whole little solo bit with everybody dancing behind her oh yeah, yeah where yeah, she yeah. just yep. kills it and a guy called Emilio who was in the most recent season kind of looks like the main guy he does a lot of I, I don't think he even had a speaking line in it I think that covers mo- and then okay yeah, I think that covers most of the people that I recognized in the movie but yeah so um, if those in- are the three key ones the mob the grim knights who are the bad guys and the elementrix elementrix who the- who's the new crew the right new family okay right so <laughs> I don't know where we were before that I don't remember. It was something like, so yeah, yeah, you get this thing where like they have a difference of opinion, they go their separate ways, then they're really pissed off at each other when they come back together for some reason, which didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Well, they get back together in the end to, you know, fight the bad guys. Right. And then everybody has a big dance scene that was very, very cool and post-apocalyptic kind of. Oh my God, the, the steampunk stuff. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, that was really, really terrific. It, that was, but the Grim Knights one where they came down from the chandeliers was amazing too. Yeah, both of the final they, battles. They, the final great. battles were insane, but there were some really good ones on the way, like the boxing one. I quite enjoyed the they were um our heroes were in like newsboy stuff, but they yeah. were up against the mob, the old crowd who were in like army gear. That was really good, and I feel like there's another one in there somewhere. Oh, the first we very, we have like a montage of when they first get to Vegas and everyone does their thing, mm. and then we very quickly eliminate most of the teams. Yeah, and then you don't get to see Yaya's team in the final battle, which kind of disappointed me. Yeah, I would have liked to see the battle between the Grim Knights and whatever Yaya's team were called. I also there's a bit at the beginning that's just adorable when they're when they're auditioning. Oh the my audition god! Oh, the open yeah, it opens with um aud- auditions like dancing auditions, and there's these three you know people casting it and two women, one man, and they're like, yeah, you need to take your shirts off. Yep, shirts need to come off. Off they come. Which was a theme in this movie, by the way. The guys are shirtless oh my god. a lot. The, he's laying the lead guy, whatever his name is, Bob, Josh. He, Guzman. Dave of the Planet of the Apes. Ryan Guzman. Whatever his name is, he's laying in his bed and you, the light is shining just on his abs and there's a an outtake that makes it to the final credits where he's like just sitting there and he's like, how long do I have to hold this for? It <laughs> <laughs> was my favorite thing. Oh, but every dear. time they took their shirts off, I would lean over like, and I'd be abs. like, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, much whereas, And every time it seemed like there was going to be dance, I'd, I'd start chanting, dance battle, dance battle. <laughs> Because, you know, yeah, you see what I mean about being almost as much fun as Bademic. Like, there's just, there's like easy villains, pantomime. Yeah. There's like easy villains and heroes to root for. And what was it? There was a moment as well when we both went no, that was really funny. Oh, I I can't remember what it was. I don't know. Then there was the bit where they're recruiting Andy, and it's like, why does everything have to turn into a dance battle? Can't you tell he's brokenhearted? No. No. Of course we can't. Well, that's the thing. He would have had this great emotional arc if only he'd been able to act it. 
Oh yeah, totally. But you know, there's mm. nothing. Oh no, you know what? The other, the other good dance scene is where they dance to um, every little step I t- you I take on the um oh, that on the Tilt World with Adam Shankman. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, there's a little Adam Shankman cameo in there. Yeah, I love. I- and I obviously he was involved in this somehow. Um, he was an exec producer. He probably did some of the choreography, although he doesn't usually do hip hop choreography. He choreographed and directed um Hairspray. Yeah, yeah I know he who also he is. Choreographed the Buffy episode, the musical Buffy episode. But that's what I forgot to mention. This is directed by a woman. Yes. Yeah, we have a woman director again. Yay, Trish C, who I don't know anything else about. But hey, lady director. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, that that scene on the whatever it is, the, it, it's kind of a tilt a whirl kind of. It's a fairground attraction it, anyway. It's basically a merry go round. Yeah. It, anyway, of. it's amazing, and that I which really, is called breakdance, by the way. <laughs> Right. The ride is yeah, called yeah, Breakdance. Yeah. Also, that that is particularly cute because it's very retro. Mm. So you get like this kind of 90s style. Yeah, well, it's real 90, old 90s hip hop. Yeah. And oh, well, at the end, we have um, we have Gangster's Paradise remix come in. I was so excited. I think that's what they spent their money on, the Bobby Brown song, Every Little Step I Take, and um, the Gangster's Paradise remix at the end. That's, that's where the, all the music budget went because the rest of it seemed to be like – Sort of generic club stuff, sort of new, probably new up and coming bands rather than like really well known stuff. Mm, I think there was one other one that I recognized, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but yeah, the little Adam Shankman cameo made me happy, and that that dance was really excellent. Yeah, I think that one and the um the Camille and Moose one that I showed you. One of the things that works so well about them, and one of the things that works so well about these movies, is that they let you see all the choreography because they know they have good choreographers. Right. So they don't do a lot of cutting between things. You get to uh, see whole dances kind of play out. Yeah. So you know how I said I knew nothing about Trish C. Yeah. So she's a choreographer, mm. best known for making OK Go's videos. Well, that makes that sense. Explains a whole lot. Yeah. OK Go. Actually, they have a song in this. That might be the other song I recognized. Yeah. And um, they also, a bit of their video, the one, the dancing one, um, Skyscrapers. Yeah, yep, yep. Something like that got into this one as well. I mean, that's who you want to direct these things because you want to see all the dancing. And they put their faith in the dancers to be able to carry it off. And, like, there's not a lot of tricks, which Mm. is really good. I mean, apart from the tricks that the dancers are doing. There's not a lot of, like cinematography tricks but it also means that in the actual movie parts you're sort of sitting there going because like really it's so bad yeah it is so bad and the actors are so bad i'm like every time i'm sort of like really that's your best take of that Mm. (laughs) and then you see the bloopers and you're like wow that really was it probably was their best take you got to work with what you got and the thing is all, the other thing is, it's not not just all of the actors are dancers. Like everyone involved is dancers. The director's a choreographer. People like Adam Shankman are choreographers. Like everyone yeah, but involved. He made, he made hairspray as well, so he's capable. With, yeah, with really good actors, right? But for some reason, this is really like just dance people, mm. and it's possible that they just didn't quite, you know, it, they, it. That's not what they were going for. That's not what they were worried about. But that's why all the dance scenes shine so well. Yeah, exactly. Like every time there's a dance scene coming up, you can get feel yourself getting excited. You start getting excited like when he walks into um the the photo shoot where oh you're she's, like oh my god and I went balloons because I knew they were gonna dance uh, yeah, among and the then balloons like trapeze because <laughs> you knew they were gonna dance among that stuff and it was gonna be cool. Mm-hmm. The thing is also like there's all these bits where they're like okay let's get ready let's go we can do this blah and it's really generic talking but then suddenly they start dancing and you're all like, of wow these- we, they are doing it. 
Yeah, but the, it's it's like all of these suddenly all of these personalities come bursting out of the screen and like mm. wash over you and you feel connected to people when they're dancing, but whenever they're talking, you're like, what are you even talking about? Mm. There's all these scenes as well that have ADR because they obviously oh didn't my get God. the dialogue yeah. right on well, the day. There's also some weird foley stuff like the Grim Knights last dance scene. The girls are wearing chains on their costumes, so you can hear all these foley chains in the on the soundtrack that don't quite match up to the chains on the girls, but they obviously wanted to have that in the background to kind of reinforce the idea of this chains. Mm. And there was some other weird foley as well, like uh, sorry, foley being like the sound that's recorded afterwards and added back on. It's like ADR but for sound effects. Footsteps. Yeah, footsteps. A lot of weird foley footsteps yeah, where they're running wearing runners and you wouldn't be able to hear them and yeah. then they're like thunk, thunk, thunk. Yeah. Like, okay, that's sort of too loud and clear and the same with the ADR. Again, made by dancers and choreographers who were used to stage and so obviously they wanted to pump up the the real stagey feel of the, some of those sounds like they wanted the they wanted to sort of put you in the middle of it all. Mm. And I understand that dancers wear interesting outfits. But holy crap, there were some interesting outfits in this. Um, there's a moment when um, the lead woman, I can't remember her character name, her act, the actor's Brianna Evigan. Um, oh, Andy. Andy. Oh, oh the, is it the grey Adidas sweatpants? Um, the, the sweatpants that sit really low. The, and then, uh, really, yeah, really low grey Adidas sweatpants with what might be um, politely described as camel toe. Yes, that. Yep. And then the T-shirt for that was like the front of it went up to her from her shoulders to her stomach and had a bra painted on it. Mm. And the back of it was just cut out. Like it was like these loops of fabric that had been cut out. And I was like, is that practical to dance (laughs) in? Well, that looked like something that a hip hop dancer would wear. So I was actually, I thought her outfits were actually really suitable. Although those, I was like, those pants are one size too small. Okay, guys, just keep, buy the size up, and they won't be quite so wacky looking. But no, I thought she. But dressed, they wouldn't stay on. Yeah, but like seriously. <laughs> then, like two but, scenes later, she's in this dress uh, that she looks amazing in. Yeah, she does. She, well, I really liked it when they put her in the dress because she dresses like a hip hop dancer all the time, and she looks amazing. Like she's like. If you, I had abs like that, I would want to show them off too. But she's got these amazing dancers' legs, and so they want to show them off and stuff in these little shorts, and and so yeah, they none do. None of that bothered me. It was just the fact that, that like it's it's bit. not that. It's the fact that they it looked it, it that top looked so weird, right? That I couldn't like whenever I was watching that scene, I was distracted by right. how her clothes sat and whether her pants were going to fall down and the drapey bits on the back of her dress flapping around. I mean, her top flapping around. Like I couldn't concentrate <laughs> on the scene. Oh dear! Then they got them all into costume for the dance battles, and I was like, "Hello, that <laughs> looks great." Yeah, do steampunk some more. The only time I was ever like the, the lead guy gets this like. Like he's just wearing a waistcoat and nothing oh, else. Oh yeah, and you're like, yeah, Hello. yeah. Well, nothing else. He's well, wearing he's, pants, but like no sleeves. Right. And- he. Yeah. Oh, no. He's he's not bad to look at. He's like you said, the sort of bastard love child of Jensen Ackles and Channing Tatum. He's yeah. not. He's not bad to look at. I. You know. No, but he's so bad at acting that well, it makes yeah, it you difficult don't, you to just watch don't, him. You just don't feel anything for him or his journey. Can't you see? He's brokenhearted. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's he's doing the little frown. Yeah, that's that's his broken-hearted face. He's doing the little frown. Mm. Then when he's confused, he does the little frown. <laughs> it's so bad. The guy who played his best friend was actually quite good. Yeah, like you could feel that guy trying to emote at this brick wall. That was the main <laughs> guy, you know. Oh, I know. Right, he was working really hard. There's this funny <laughs> scene where the um they're on the reality TV show, and the reality TV producer comes up and is like, "Can you do that again? Can you be more vulnerable?" And he, I'm like, "This guy is vulnerable in his arsehole. Oh no, that's the bad guy. 
Oh no 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 the no no that's the yeah he's the bad guy but he's he tells the friend or the former friend to be more vulnerable like they give him they try and give him directions oh oh that yeah part. yeah I thought you meant that no 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 when they're they in do the, that twice then yeah when when they first arrive at the hotel and the yeah the reality TV guys like be more vulnerable and I'm like he is doing his best here yeah that guy was quite good actually yeah I was I was sad that there wasn't a bit more of him he was good yeah um, he would have been a better lead. Really, he was he Probably. was more talented than the guy who was in the lead. Um, and there were some people who weren't terrible at acting. No, that means, but there were also some people who were basically just playing themselves with lines, and they did fine. Like yeah, a lot of the dancers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's you got to work with what you got. But I, I mean, since they made the first one with Channing Tatum, who's actually a good actor and a good dancer, they've never. I'm not sure they've ever quite been able to find someone who's both again. No, I'm. I am a bit disappointed that Harry Shum wasn't in this one. Oh yeah, I always like to see Harry Shum, and I think his name in the movies is called. He's called Cable, and he's the guy without man without bones. Right, and he did some great, great dances in earlier ones. I like Harry Shum. I like him too. He's really good. I'm um dicking around on IMDb. Fun fact: the actress who played the grandmother, Karen Conaval, she was Maurice in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, but yeah, I, I think. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I like going to these movies. I mean, I dragged you along just because I just like watching. I love watching dancing. This is the reason why I watch So You Think You Can Dance. And there's no, there's not a lot of good musical movies. And the musical movies that do come out lately don't have a lot of dancing in them. Yeah. Um, well, there's not a lot of musicals either. No, there's not a lot of musicals. But the ones that they that do come out don't yep. tend to be dancing focused. No, they tend to be singing focused. And I love singing as well. I I love one day I dream of a space musical that stars Darren Chris and is written by Joss Whedon and directed by J.J. Abrams <laughs> and, and choreographed by Adam Shankman. <laughs> That's my dream movie. There's something about a musical that regular movies can't do it's that, so like, it joy. elevates. Yeah, it elevates your spirit. But I, I do think it's sad that they don't make those kind of movies anymore and I think it's part of, like, this well, whole realism thing. Yeah, I mean, they make them sometimes but not often. So, um, I... I don't even know how to rate it because I had quite fun. I had had fun watching it, but I'm probably going to rate it in the same kind of zone as Sharknado and Birdemic, like the bad movies. Okay. But I had fun. See, I'm actually going to do that differently, and this is why. Um, for this movie, I think there are certain things that they did. They do much, much better than any other movie, and that is that the way they choreograph dancing, mm. the way they shoot dancing. There's probably a whole star of my grade that is just for the dance scenes. There's there's a musicality about it that mm. so many things don't have. And so I actually think there's some technical parts of it mm. that are worth my stars and my attention, which aren't the technical parts of most of the movies that we get to see. But I have to judge this on a different like on a musical kind of plane. And Fair it's enough. different to something like Birdemic, which is just playing on the regular like yeah. movie plane. Well, yeah, yeah. And and like the guy in the lead is Alan Barbad, almost. <laughs> but <laughs> we got to be careful. Alan Barr follows us on Twitter. <laughs> Bless he's, his heart. He's better groomed. Actually, that's one of the things that I thought <laughs> when I was watching him. I was like, he's so well groomed. 
<laughs> That's like when people listen to our podcast and they're like, the sound is really good. And we're like, thanks. <laughs> he was on the computer yeah. and I was like, look at how well-groomed he is. I was like, actually at that point, I was like, because his crew is headed back to Miami being like, I can't sell any more stuff on eBay. I'm like, he's got a MacBook. <laughs> Surely that could have gone on eBay. He's buying fancy coffee Need and all buy the takeout coffee. Products. Yeah. This is another thing when I was watching the movie. Everybody wears a out- different outfit in every scene and, and so their much makeup Adidas. is perfectly done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're like, how can they afford all of that stuff? <laughs> Although I thought the makeup was quite good. With uh, the lead girl, Andy, there was non-eyeliner scenes and eyeliner scenes. And Mini she, she Lucy had, Lawless. Yeah. If she, if she had eye makeup on, it was like a going out nighttime scene, performance scene. When she was in rehearsal, they never put any eye makeup on her and it was it was like a clever little They actually trick. had different performances of femininity because then you have somebody like Violet – um, the New Zealand girl who uh, was doing it very differently. She always had a lot of makeup on. And Jenny Kido. Um, and Jenny Kido was very different as well. She wore t- shirts that said tomboy on them and she was much more. She wore her like, but she wore like bedazzled trucker hats and these beautiful like bright colored. It, it was kind of a, um, a particularly Asian way of dressing as well, like with the sort of bright cartoon character type jackets and hats and things. Well, the thing is, I think part of what they do, like they do just put people in the movie as kind as of they themselves. Are. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually means that they have different performances of femininity. Yeah. And then you have somebody like Comfort, you know, who's yeah. uh, just incredible, but she has her own different thing entirely. So because they put these dancers on as they are well, and also, they're dancers. Yeah, yeah, the, the mime girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. But all of these people, are, these these women are like, you're actually putting real women in there. Yeah. And the thing is that they don't – okay, here's the thing is something like Step Up, what you're getting is people aren't performing by acting. They aren't performing by saying lines and they aren't performing by pretending to be somebody else. What they're performing is they're putting themselves – into dancing and then giving that to you. Right. The and that's their performance. Is the dancing. Right. And so like you can't I, I don't I sort of disregard a lot of the acting because it isn't about acting. If you could watch them just dance the whole movie, you would probably get exactly the same it, idea of the storyline and it would be more emotionally yeah. effective. And I think it's interesting as well those performances of femininity because these are movies that are aimed at like tween and teen girls. That's their biggest audience. That was the rest of the crowd that we were in with was a bunch of like tween and teen girls, right? And it's really good for them to see a whole bunch of different girls. Yeah, it's not good for them different... to see Cha Cha Boy and Kiwi oi, Girl oi, oi. hook up, though. No, but it is good for them to see like black girls and Asian girls who do feminine femininity differently and slightly butch, um, you know, white girls and slightly really femme girls and girls who are somewhere in between. And there's, you know, there's dancers of different, not not a huge range of body diversity, but still there are dancers who are like you know, size 14, not, you know, super thin and they've got dancers' bodies, like they're muscly and they're strong and they use their bodies. Their bodies are a function of what they like to do with them as opposed to they're thin because they wanted to be an actress so they diet all the time. They are muscly and small and lithe or muscly and have excellent control or whatever the way they use their body is about doing what they love with their body as opposed to making their body conform to a particular ideal yeah and i think that's one of the great things about getting to watch dance movies is that you watch dancers the hollywood ideal is not what these guys look like so some of the guys are muscly 
but they're muscly because they have fabulous control over their bodies and what they do, right? I think some of the guys are muscly. It's not quite giving credit to the amount of abs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But there's different male bodies as well. You've got someone like Moose who's really slim and lithe and, like, wobbles his giant limbs around. Well, and Philip Jabib as well, yeah. who isn't who doesn't look like a lot of other dancers. Right. And then you've got, like, big burly ones and somewhere Twitch. in between. Yeah, like Twitch. And, and Vlad as well is yeah, huge. Yeah, somewhere in between who are just – but they've got – but you get the idea that they're not pumped because they wanted to become Captain America. They're pumped because they've spent, you know, 12 hours a day for the last 10 years in a dance studio working on their dancing. Mm. So it's it's a different way of coming at that they have gorgeous – gorgeous and often very thin idealized bodies but they've come at those bodies by working towards what they love not by believing that they must have a body like that in order to do what they love i also feel like there is that scene that you know that ad scene it simultaneously objectifies the guys and criticizes objectification of their bodies right it's just silly it is silly but it's also like that moment where they're like this is not like, we're here to dance and they're making us take off our shirts before we even start dancing. Right, you're meant to laugh at that. So what are you giving it? I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, I'm actually leaning towards that as well. I'm probably more of a two than two and a half. But I'm going to give it two and a half because the dancing scenes were really well put together and fun to watch. And I think it's nice to have a movie aimed at girls and that's girl interest. That and a bit of a musical, so I think I feel I feel you know like I can happily give it two and a half. I certainly enjoyed it as much as the Maze Runner, which I've just reviewed with a two and a half rating. So sure, why not two and a half? Okay, cool. All right, thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read the show notes, which is basically a whole lot of YouTube's of old, so you think you can dances, that is silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's, I'll review, put together all of my favorite dances for you. Cool. If you want to read Katie's review of Step Up. All in. That will be on silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. We're on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at screen underscore queens and uh, Tumblr, which is silverscreenqueens.tumblr.com. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye bye.